This is the Greatest Story Ever podcast. There comes a time when all the cosmic tumblers have clicked into place and the universe opens itself up for a few seconds to show you what's possible. With Keith Conrad. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Everyone has that one story that will win them all sorts of bar bets over the course of their life. People are sure you have to be making it up, but it's 100% true. Those are the kinds of stories I'm trying to collect in this podcast. For me, it might be the day when I was about two years old that I thought it would be a good idea to stick a fork in an electrical outlet. The shock threw me across the room, so naturally I was trying to do it again when my mom stopped me. Darn parents. It was shortly after that that I had decided on a career in radio. One person in the news lately who fits the mold here at the Greatest Story Ever podcast is Mendel Weinscott, a 21-year-old student at the University of Akron. During a 2015 road trip from Ohio to Indiana, he told his sister he would only attend her wedding if he could bring a llama with him. That was five years ago when his sister didn't have any immediate plans to get married, so she probably completely forgot about it, but Mendel didn't. And as soon as his sister announced her engagement, he put his plan into action— Mendel rented a llama named Shockey for a whole day for 400 bucks and persuaded a co-worker to sew a tuxedo for the llama and a yarmulke to match. Shockey wasn't allowed inside the premises, but he hung around outside for the whole wedding and took pictures with all the guests. I posted one of the photos of the llama on my Twitter account at Keith R. Conrad on Twitter. Mendel has exactly the sort of story that I'm trying to collect in this podcast. As a matter of fact, my fiancé Misty and I are getting married in May, and anyone who wants to bring a llama to the wedding will immediately be a guest on the podcast. I haven't cleared that with her yet, but I'm sure she'll be okay with the idea, right? Hey, llama! Another example is my friend Amy. She's a fellow lifelong Cubs fan who really wanted to see the team play in the 2016 playoffs, you know, the year they won the World Series for the first time in 108 years. Despite the fact that she would need to travel across the country at the drop of a hat to do so. So I was a season ticket holder for seven years, and I decided the year before they won the World Series to give up my season tickets for some financial reasons. And I really wanted to go to a World Series game. I wanted to go to all the playoff games, but it was so expensive in Chicago. It cost three to four thousand dollars just to get in the door. But if you looked online to go to LA, the ticket was some of them were face value. So I decided. Our show was done at 9 a.m. I got on a 10 a.m. flight. So I, and Keith Conrad, this really good-looking executive producer of ours, he drove me to the airport, dropped me off. I ran in, went to the plane, got on the plane, and Todd Ricketts was there sitting in first class. And he said, Dave, didn't you just get off the air? And I said, yeah, and I'm taking a red eye back. And he laughed. He thought that was so funny. He's like, no, that's dedication. I said, well, now you should sauce me some playoff tickets. Because I'm <laughs> such a good fan, but he never did. <laughs> I think they still owe you some playoff tickets. I thought that I should get, or he should invite me to the game, because sometimes I get invited to the game with that group, and sometimes I don't. But flew to L.A., got off the plane, went straight to Dodger Stadium, watched the game, and that game we won 10-2. to I don't know if you remember. Do you remember, Keith? Oh, I, I'm aware of that one. That, oh, that yeah, was the game they began the comeback. Exactly. We tied the series 2-2. Two to two. The Cubs took the next three games to win the series in six. So it was a huge game. I mean, we were hitting well. You know, 10-2 to two was great. Dodger fans, they're nice, but they don't show up. <laughs> so that's why. I mean, I felt like I was at a home game at Wrigley Field. 
honestly, I looked around like, hey, you're my neighbor. What are you doing here? Hey, I know you from, you know, from school because so many people could afford it. Like my flight was 197 bucks round trip and the ticket was face value. So I, it was excellent. And then um, I got the game ended. As soon as the game ended, I, I left right before, I, think I left in the eighth inning, took a cab straight to the airport. The line was uh, out of the door, but thank God I had TSA pre-check. I got on a plane, landed, got on the 11 p.m., landed at 5, no, 4.45 a.m., and then got to work before Dan Proft got to work. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. It was insane, but the key to doing it was no alcohol. Like, you had to stay, you had to eat healthy food, and you couldn't drink. But on the way home, the flight home, that was, I think, was the second presidential debate between Hillary Clinton and President Trump, so I did not sleep. I watched the rebroadcast of that the whole way home so So, that I could be prepared for work the next day. So literally, in the space of 20 hours, you left work, got on an airplane, watched the Cubs beat the Dodgers 10-2, got back in an airplane, came back, and we're back at, at work in time the next day. Yeah, I mean, and everybody, everything had to work perfectly. If the plane was delayed a little bit, I wasn't going to make it. If I didn't sit, I tried to sit up front in the plane so that I could run off the plane. I didn't bring any luggage. I didn't even have a purse. I just had myself. So I knew I could you know, go through TSA. I didn't have to put any bags on the conveyor belt. And um, it worked. I mean, thank God it worked, and thank God we won. And I had so much fun with the people from Chicago that were at the game. And my high school gym teacher was there because he lived near L.A. He came out, and we all sat together and had such a great time. You can also take a look at my friend Liz. She suddenly found herself the Hollywood premiere of Avengers Endgame thanks to some clever guesswork by her husband and some intervention from Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, that Ryan Reynolds. Just to uh, get things uh, going here, just so that people know that that you do have some uh, some geeky street cred uh you were in a superman comic and uh, actually a few more too yes i was in superman peace on earth i was rescued by superman so fancy and then when i was a teenager i appeared as phil sheldon's daughter in marvels so that's kind of a big deal nice so spanning the comic worlds it is it's pretty fun Uh, And uh, you've also got a project coming up. Uh, I do. Um, It's been announced that they're going to do a 25th anniversary epilogue to Marvels. And uh, I will be in that as well. I think that's coming out sometime later this year. Nice. Congratulations. So how how does that process work? Does like, uh, you know, like uh, an, an artist just like sort of... Like, look at your picture and know, and and work you in, or or how does? Um. Well, Alex, uh, Alex Ross, who is the artist, he's always done uh, very life. He's trying to do. do um, he does paintings. I mean, all of his comics are paintings. Mm-hmm. So he has us. He'll have us wear like a certain outfit, and then say, "Okay." He kind of art directs, like, "Okay, you're taking a picture now." So stand this way and he gets out with his camera and fancy lighting and he does a photo shoot and then he goes and does his thing with it nice that yeah. uh that, that that's really cool so you know you're you're kind of a, a badass geek you've got you've got street cred that that's important <laughs> thank you uh so so tell me how does one uh end up at the 
Avengers Endgame premiere without actually, you know, like starring in the movie? Well, in this particular case, it was not my geeky street cred that got us tickets, but rather my rather geeky husband who had a hunch as to what the name of the movie was going to be. So uh, I think it was right about the same time it was opening day of the last movie. He went online and he bought AvengersEndgame.com and AvengersEndgameMovie.com and he uh, redirected them to a blog post saying, uh, I don't. I have these URLs, I don't want them, I just want to trade them for tickets to uh, the movie premiere so my wife can meet Thor. <laughs> and uh, nice. no one paid attention to it, so uh, he decided to redirect it to the Deadpool website. And that is when things kind of blew up. Uh, Ryan Reynolds even noticed it and ended up sending him these very, very fancy master and dynamic headphones and a mixer kit from Aviation Shin. And uh, he, he tweeted at Chris uh, saying, uh, this is not to say I approve of what you did, only that I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and that made so many headlines that somebody with connections to the film industry saw it and said, this is hilarious. I want to get you tickets to the premiere. And he did. And uh, so Marvel or Disney did not have anything to do with us getting there except for somebody apparently approving this and getting is on the list uh but he did own up to it and he redirected it properly to the endgame website so that's how we ended up going it's a very exciting story it's kind of crazy i can't believe this is i can't believe it actually worked (laughs) yeah i I wonder what uh what url they actually bought for the movie then if he had taken both of those i mean what what could you what could you actually use then well so marvel doesn't buy urls if you go to Marvel, all of their movies are marvel.com slash whatever the movie is. Oh, okay. So they're kind of so cheaping out on us. Inter- yeah, everything is internal. Oh, you know, I, I've lost a little respect for uh, for the Disney folks at, at, with, with that. You know what? It makes a lot of sense, though, because then they're not fighting with people like us. Well, that's true. And uh, at this point, uh, you know, at, in 2019, after, you know, what about uh, 30, 40 years of the Internet, there just aren't that many URLs that are available now. Like if you if you're searching for something specific, more often than not, you're not going to be able to find it. Somebody has probably purchased it already. So what was the experience like actually being there? Do you have like a, just just a ticket and it's like going to any other event? Or is there like a list? What is that like? So it depends on who you are. If you were like us and you ended up in the fan zone, there was about mm, somewhere between 50 to 80 fans. And most of them were in costume. We showed up and they brought us in. We checked in. They walked us through the convention center because it was not at the theater that it normally is at. It was at a convention, the L.A. Convention Center. So we walked through. We saw that big spinning A and all of those uh, props that they had on display. If you watch the live stream, you might have seen them. So we walked through that area to an outside area. And uh, they put us behind a barrier. And we waited another half hour or so. And that's when the celebs started showing up. And, you know, most of them, like, walked through the line and, you know gave autographs and took pictures and talked to fans. It was amazing. 
Did you get to meet uh, all of the Avengers? Or uh, I did. I did. You know, there was a few people who really kind of skipped the line. Robert Downey Jr. Uh, didn't do a line. He just he he actually signed two autographs. One of which was my husband's Infinity Gauntlet. Nice. And uh, yeah, he was pretty much the only one who of the of the Avengers who who skipped the line. Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, kind of skipped the line. We still got his autograph too. Uh, a couple people who showed up really, really late, like Natalie Portman, uh, didn't really sign any autographs. And Vin Diesel showed up. He gets out. Of, he get, he showed up dead last, very, very late. Walks out of his uh, his limo, raises his arms in the in the air, is like yeah. And he ran down. And he fist bumped people, and then he ran straight in. <laughs> <laughs> but I did see him online. He was wearing like a, a Groot jacket, which which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Oh, it was so funny. Everyone was so excited. So many cool experiences. I just have to say, Josh Brolin, who plays Thanos, uh, grabbed my husband's Infinity Gauntlet and tried to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> So that was pretty funny. Um, but we didn't get to see the movie. They didn't let any of the fans see the movie. I think it was probably because of space. Uh, I could see that, yeah. Yeah, and, and maybe probably spoilers. It, it seems to me like they would probably like ask you to sign something, you know, offering your firstborn child or something uh, in, yeah. if you ever Which did spoil it. Yeah. But, but that's kind of okay. hard to do with, you know, like 80 people who are there, you know, just kind of... Uh, you know, in, in the crowd. Yeah, and especially nerds who you don't know at all. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I mean, you may have been two of the more high-profile nerds there. They, You know, people probably knew who you were. A few people did. Oh, my gosh. We were walking down the street, and some guy goes, Endgame movie talker! <laughs> <laughs> and then awesome. somebody on the plane recognized us, and it was, it was so weird wow that that's that's really something yeah um, it was really weird you know you, you think you're anonymous on the internet and then you find out you're definitely not definitely not <laughs> uh okay so you did mention that you you did get to see thor mm-hmm. uh but was uh, ryan reynolds there and and did he recognize you ryan reynolds was not there um he is off shooting a movie right now. My husband and uh, I were excuses. joking that maybe we should try and get tickets to uh, to Pikachu so we can go meet him, too. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's not a bad idea. Maybe, you know, just the Chicago premiere of Detective Pikachu. Maybe. I don't know if Ryan Reynolds will be there. Yeah, well, you know, if he, if he knows what's good for him, he will be. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> well, thanks so much for sharing your experience. Of course. Thanks for having me. Those are the sorts of stories I'm looking for. Some will make you laugh. Some will make you cry. Some will make you say, what? I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who can top those stories. If you think you can, send me an email at greatestshoweverpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, that's right. We spared no expense on that one. Of course, next week, you'll have your work cut out for you. I'll be talking to a man whose family was caught in the middle of an international kidnapping scheme. Good luck with that.